Hey, it's Callie, and you're listening to the 43rd episode of the Hippie Haven podcast. If you're new here, I release an episode every Wednesday about living an ethical and eco-friendly lifestyle. I want to meet you where you're at, so we cover all sorts of topics, like how to make less trash, composting, urban beekeeping, backyard gardening, secondhand shopping, starting an eco-business, and so much more. My goal is to inspire and enable you to take action, both in your day-to-day routine and on a larger scale of community activism, because I believe that together we will make a difference. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Hippie Haven podcast so that you automatically get each new episode right when it comes out. Today's guest is Brendan Fitzgerald, CEO of Planet Protein, makers of clean, vegan, and low-waste protein bars and protein powder. And he's the other half of the sustainable duo with his life and business partner, Carly Bergman, who's been on the podcast herself in the past. You might also know Brendan on Instagram as the sustainable CEO. He's a really cool dude. Brendan will be sharing his journey from marine to vegan activist and business owner, his thoughts on toxic masculinity and meat eating, plus debunking a few of the most common myths around veganism. You can find the show notes and transcript for this episode on the website, hippiehavenpodcast.com forward slash zero four three. Now for today's episode. So tell me about yourself and how you became the person who you are today. Oh, through a lot of trial and error. Tell me about it. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say I would say just just going through going through the motions, you know. A lot of people ask me like, "What did you do to start your business?" and it's uh, you kind of know, you just dive in. You have to you have to go after it. Um there's no there's no right or wrong way, I would say to start anything. It's just you have to kind of dive in and and go full full pledge and stay consistent with it and learn along the way. There's so many things that I've learned even recently. Um and I think that's just by being more open-minded, you know, like the more that we open our mind to things, the cleaner that we eat, it's easier to open our mind to things. So I'm just on this path of holistic nutrition. Um, I'm trying to eat cleaner every day. I'm learning about new herbs and mushrooms and adaptogens, um, just different things that can elevate me even further. So I'm just really serious about nutrition and health and wellness and good vibes. And all that is definitely a formula for success, but you will not get there without, without all those, all those hard bumps in the road. You know, it's, That's it's a journey true. for sure. Yeah. Those things really help shape who you are. Definitely. Oh, it's, it's everything like that's the foundation. That's what makes us, you know, if, you know, the moment that I die in this human earth, I mean, I just want a flash of all these memories and all these lessons. Like that's what it's about. So it's good. It's good to go through the trials um, and, and triumph. And, and it's really good to, to just keep learning along the way. Because the moment, I think the moment you stop learning is the, and the moment you come, become stagnant and comfortable is, is the moment you fail. Like you got, you got to just keep learning new things every day. Tell me about Planet Protein and why you started it. So, okay. So I, Planter Protein is a plant-based nutrition company. We have protein bars and we have protein shakes. I'm actually working on some more products that we'll get into, but um, that's what we offer at this time. I um, I started the company, oof, it conceptualized actually three years ago this month was when I when it, I was in the kitchen and it kind of just hit me. I, you know, I recently had gone vegan, so 
I knew that there was something I needed to contribute back to the society, not just, all right, I'm vegan. Like that's, that's cool. I don't really roll that way. Um, if I'm in something, I'm all the way in. So veganism pretty much turned my mind like into a whole nother world. Um, I was always very entrepreneurial, like always a grinder, always a hustler. Um, I actually started like, I, I started flipping cell phones on eBay when I was like 14 or 15. Um, I would always do like the Craigslist and eBay arbitrage where you could just, you know, buy things low, sell high. That was, so I was always, I always had a natural knack or for entrepreneurial work. Like I always wanted to work for myself and I always knew that in doing so, it might not be the easy road, but I knew it was worth it in the end. So Planet Protein hit me um, soon after I went vegan. Like I said, I, um, I watched Cowspiracy. Have you seen Cowspiracy? I have, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, that was so. I watched Cowspiracy and I went vegan the next day. It was, it was just engraved in my mind when I seen certain. The the thing that got to me was the uh, the dairy industry, and when I when I learned that, you know, milk wasn't as natural of a process as what I had imagined growing up. When I learned that it was, you know, artificially inseminated, impregnated. And that's where milk comes from is a forceful way. When I learned that, it was just like a switch. A light bulb went off and I was vegan the next day. Mind you, I had no idea what vegan entailed. I had no idea what to eat. Um, it's funny. I remember I remember my dad calling me and he's like, because this is, so I, I'm, from, I'm actually from Flint, Michigan originally. I'm not sure if you knew that. Yeah. But I moved down to Florida about six years ago now, so I'm I'm here in South Florida, and uh, you know my dad. We would we would talk on the phone every few weeks or so, and he would he would kind of say like, "What are you doing now?" Because at the time I was selling insurance. This is before Planet Protein. I was selling um, insurance for about four years, and I went into my boss's office one day and I said, "Hey, I'm sorry, but this is it. This is it for me. I can't even put in my two weeks." I literally am losing my mind. <laughs> if I have to sit in this office for any more any more seconds out of the day, I'm done. So I quit on the spot um, and I had nothing else lined up. And that kind of forced me to be more creative. Um, I had a little bit of savings, not too much. I kind of went you know, from dead-end job to dead-end job. I actually attempted to create a, um, a cruelty-free makeup brand, which is – a shocker, maybe to you. Interesting choice. <laughs> uh, you know, again, I was an entrepreneur. I seen the data. I seen where this cruelty-free movement was going. And I was like, man, I should hop on that. This is before I was even vegan. That didn't work out. I mean, I built the website out and it lasted, you know, a few days. And I'm like, all right. It, w- th- there's 40 million shades of eyeliner. I'm out. I can't do this any longer, you know? <laughs> so I'm curious. What was the name of, of your makeup company? Uh, I, it was, um, you know, actually I don't even think I had a name down yet. It was like cruelty free, uh, beauty or something. I can't, I can't remember. Um, all I know is that I was passionate about creating a business at the time. And I have come across that situation so many times in my life where I was just so passionate about 
doing something for myself, but I, there was no follow through. Like I always gave up. I always found something else or, you know, just kind of put it to the side or, you know, said, oh, I'll, I'll work on this tomorrow. And, and I, there was no follow through. Um, so there's a huge lack of passion. When I went vegan, that passion, I found that passion. And it was, it was work for the planet. Um, funny story. I used to, I was a huge protein bar guy, like growing up in general. And there was those, have you ever seen those like mega colossal protein bars? Like the, yeah, they're like 500 calories, 36 grams of protein. They're just huge. You get them at the ga- gas stations normally. I used to think those are super healthy. <laughs> um, so all my friends, you're chuckling. You're like, oh gosh. So all my, all my friends, like we would go out to the bar or whatever and two o'clock, you know, 2 a.m. hits. Um, everybody's going to Taco Bell or McDonald's and I'm busting out this mega colossal protein bar thinking that it's like the healthy way out. And I'm showing my friends like, yo, I'm the healthy one. See, (laughs) but, uh, not too long into it, you know, as I started digging more into nutrition, I figured out that that wasn't necessarily the healthiest thing in the world. Um, a lot of those protein bars are Snickers in disguise. So it kind of hit me one day. I'm like, why don't I create my own protein bar? Because there's all these vegan bars on the market. Because when I first went vegan, I was eating, I was trying out every single bar. Like every vegan bar on the market, I had to try it. But then I would find some with like preservatives and natural flavors, which we'll get into. Um, Palm oil. So all these detrimental ingredients to either our health or the environment we're still in vegan protein products. So I was just super confused. You know, I'm like, the more I learn, the more I'm confused. (laughs) And um, I just created my own one day. I said, listen, why don't I just bring this to to life? Because there's nothing else like it right now. I can't, if I'm having a hard time finding something to my standards, then I need to create it and share it with everybody. So that's kind of how Planet Protein was born. I was always a, a, a protein bar connoisseur, and um, I just wanted to find—I just wanted to find a better alternative. I couldn't really find it anywhere, so I just made it. And Planet Protein, you guys have an incredible zero waste initiative, which is offering a recycling program for the protein bar wrappers. How do those wrappers get recycled, and what are they being recycled into? Yes, I'm glad you asked. We, um, when I started the company, I was not zero waste, so I'm, I'm on this new. Well, it's semi-new. I guess I'm about a year and a half in. Carly and I are both um, on this zero-waste journey together. She was big in, into sustainability before me. Um, so w- when we met, I was I was vegan at the time, but I really didn't know anything about the plastic consumption. Like, And we look around. You know, it's outrageous, right? For sure. It's, you know, 40% of the ocean surface is covered in plastic. And when I learned that, I'm like, it doesn't stop with veganism. It doesn't. Like these are two movements, zero waste and veganism, that 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 basically run off of each other. They help each other, and um, they're parallel. So once I kind of opened my mind up further to that, zero waste. I'm like, I gotta go zero waste. I gotta limit my plastic. Um, so now we're on that journey. 
with the company, it was far from zero waste. I didn't know what the heck to do. I was I was looking into um, I was looking into ordering different material like bioplastics that I which I thought were more eco friendly at the time, um, and that was you know three to five times the cost. So I was kind of in a rut about a year ago or so, thinking like, where what am I gonna do with this business with Planet Protein? What am I gonna do with this company? Because I really care about plastic in the environment. If I'm producing a product that's in plastic, I feel like a hypocrite. I wanted to change something. So the cool thing is about zero waste is that all you have to do is be a little bit creative and a little bit innovative at times, as you know. Like sometimes we'll get a kombucha and that bottle will last us weeks and weeks and weeks and months even as a water bottle, right? You just reuse things. Um, You find solutions where you might not have seen that that silver lining you know previously so it's a, it's about just going back to the basics and being creative with things in my opinion with planet protein i um i thought of um an internal recycling program that was the best thing i could do at the time again the bioplastics were too expensive um they weren't sustainable because there's a very small amount of of industrial facilities that accept that bioplastic. So it's like, well, we can, you know, we can package it in this, but what are people going to do? Drive three states away to go to their nearest facility? Like that's just not practical. So for us, we now allow the customer and the consumer to hold on to all their packaging, send it back to us. Re- we reward you for doing so because, I mean, you're, you're showing us that you give a shit about the planet. I think that's amazing. We give you planet points. You can now spend those in, in store um, on product or apparel. And the really cool thing here, have you heard of the company called TerraCycle? I have, yeah. We've got uh, six of their bins in my store. Y- yes, yes. I did see that. Yes. TerraCycle is, what a beautiful company, right? Yes. Oh, my goodness. They do so many good things for the world. So we partner with them. We're going to be able to, when we have enough dunnage, essentially, which we're adding up, trust me, we're we're literally about to rent out a storage unit, a separate storage unit (laughs) just for wrappers and and material, which is is going to be a very good visual for people. Um, We get to to take all that, send it to TerraCycle. They'll properly break it down and then reuse it. They can turn all of that material into community benches and desks and um, and tables and chairs at schools. So my my goal with this recycling program is to simply let the consumer be rewarded for for doing the right thing and sending it back to us, which will allow us to then turn all of this waste into something. You know, so that's I I felt like that was the best what we could do at this time, um, but I am speaking with some scientists and some new partners. And we're trying, we're really trying so hard to get the, um, the LG based plastic, which is hundred percent degradable in ocean environment. That's like the Holy grail, um, in terms of food packaging. If we can somehow get this LG based packaging to work with a foil food barrier, then we're really onto something that's groundbreaking that that's never been created before. So 
if anybody listening here that you know that that can help out in that realm, let me know. We would love to love to work together for sure. But that's the goal. That's the now goal. The algae that's um, degradable in the ocean is it degradable? Just can you put it in your home compost pile as well? Yes, yes. So it's compostable and it's ocean degradable, which a lot of things yeah. are not. So it's it's like the, like I said, it's like the holy grail. One scientist and and I, I talked to this gentleman. He um, he's been working on it for like ten years now. Um, they're getting very close. So eventually, we're definitely going to have that. Act, like you're going to see that at the market. You're going to go to Whole Foods or your local grocery store, and there's going to be like algae-based materials everywhere. Like that's going to happen. There's a movement that's happening. You know, and they said they said by scientists are predicting by 2050 that the the amount of the weight of the plastic in the oceans is going to outweigh the fish. So if we don't do something fast, there could be some detrimental impact on the environment. So I, I think it's happening. Um, there's definitely a demand to to increase the uh, the efforts, and I think that it's going to start happening a lot quicker, especially with social media. You see how fast this this vegan movement's exploding because of oh, social media. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know? 2019 is supposed to be the year of the vegan, and I I hope 2020 and 2021, and you know, I hope that continues. I hope it doesn't just stop here at all. I think, um, and more people are opening up to zero waste, less waste, um, plastic free. Everybody's bringing their bags to the grocery store. You know, you see, you see reusable water bottles everywhere now. Um, you see all these cities banning straws, right? Yeah. My only concern, I love seeing all the people that are joining zero waste, but my one concern with it is that, you know, there are some people who are joining it because it's trendy and not because of, you know, the, the environmental issues behind it. And so that is something that concerns me a little bit. And, and how do we engage those people and get them to see it as more than just, uh, you know, an Instagrammable trend? Right, right. No, I hear you. And, you know, I'm all for the trends because that's, that does get people in the door. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, you're right. There has to be like the education factor where, hey, it's cool, it's hip, it's trendy, but listen, this is what's happening. Don't give up. Don't stop. <laughs> Spread the message, share it, you know. And I always tell people if you have, you know, social media has played such a large part in my life. And you know, a few short years ago, I didn't believe that social media was necessary. I was like kind of anti-social media. Um, just because there are a lot of negative things that we can come across, just but like just like anywhere, you know, there's negative publications that come out in the newspaper. There's there's negative media on the TV. So it's what you make of it. Your you know your product of your environment. But um, now, like everybody, I tell if you have social media and it's on private, you know, maybe flip that to public and start hashtagging certain things and posting your food, your vegan food posting your your reusable bottle like share this movement with as many people as you can and i didn't think it was working initially but as i got more patient as time went on now a lot of my friends back home are opening up to veganism my dad's buying juicer my mom's asking more questions so it's like we have to be patient with it but again like you're saying there has to be like consistent education behind it you know how else is Planet Protein implementing sustainable business practices? So 
sustainable business practices, we do, we do reuse um, a lot of our boxes that we ship. So if you get a, if you get a package from Planet Protein, you'll see that it, you'll know that it is reused. We actually use like, um, we go scat, we go like pick up newspaper from uh, my business partner's mom or whoever we can get it from really it's grandma or wherever it is newspaper. Um, we go, sometimes we go to Lucky's market, which is a, which is a big grocery chain down here in Florida. And if they have any leftover bags that have holes in them or whatever it is, they're not going to use like the paper bags. We will use those and we'll wrap our product in there kind of like a Christmas gift. So a lot of the times, if you order some packages from us, you'll see it arrive in like a Lucky's bag or newspaper or whatever, whatever material is just kind of laying around. So if we get, you know, and, and it's cool because if I get something in the mail for me personally, a lot of like the dunnage that was in that box, if, if there was some, we'll just reuse it. And uh, we're very transparent about that. People love it. People love that we actually care about the planet and we implement, you know, what we preach. Um, I think that it's, it's my job as a CEO. It's, I'm the face of the company. Like, if I'm doing something in my personal life, it's got to reflect in the business, you know. Oh, absolutely, it, yeah. It's one of, one of my biggest fears is being a hypocrite. So it's got to reflect, and um, we're doing the best we can with that for sure. We try to use. Um, we're looking more into like compostable tape, um, which is we use it sometimes. It's it's quite pricey. I don't know if you've ever seen looked into that stuff. Um, it, it works though. It works really good. So we do go over like. We spend the money to be more sustainable if we have to, you know what I mean? But my biggest thing is just reusing what we already have or reusing what is already waste to other people. So that's a huge thing that we, we definitely narrow down or key in on and make sure that we do. Yeah. Um, at Bestowed Essentials, we reuse a lot of boxes as well. And then we uh, purchase from Eco Enclose in Colorado to get um, – Cardboard yes. boxes made out of 100% post-consumer recycled waste, and they also sell, I think they sell paper tape as well, but we have chosen to use biodegradable cellophane tape with a natural rubber adhesive um, just because we just don't have the space right now for one of those paper tape machines. So it was what worked better for us. But yeah, there, there definitely are so many options out there. I love that you're working with another local business to kind of reuse their waste and, and repurpose it for your shipping. Um, that's something where we use, uh, again, 100% PCW recycled crinkle paper. But I would love to find an office or two here in Rapid City that like shreds a whole bunch of documents and is just throwing it away that we could just take that shredded paper from and, mm -hmm. and start repurposing that instead. So you're absolutely right. It just it takes being creative and, and reusing things and just trying to do the best that you possibly can and and show your values in your company. And, and you know, and you got to and you got to make it fun, like make everything a mission, make it fun. Um, I think like when we're when we're searching for material, packaging material and, you know, we're going to different businesses or or, you know, grandma's house or whoever it is you just have fun with it and it's, it's an educational moment and it's cool to see that everything is just staying full circle. And we're trying to just be as sustainable as possible. So besides having fun with it, what ad other advice do you have for small business owners who want to be more eco-friendly in their own practices? Um, you know, you actually have to just, you have to do it. You have to try. 
Um, I think a lot of people will will cut corners and try to save time or try to save margins. Um, to me, I don't really, of course, you know, of course, we're running a business. We look at the bottom line. We we keep track of margins. We make sure things are going accordingly in our favor, especially for the business. You want to keep it healthy and alive. Cash is king. Cash flow is king, of course. However, I'm all for spending that extra time or money if needed. You know what I mean? Like, if it's going to make a difference, then we're going to do it. Um, we do a lot of we do a lot of like beach cleanups. Um, we work with different nonprofits. One um, percent for the planet. We do work with them. So there's different initiatives that we have, but. Again, I think it's like actually going the distance. Um, a lot of people talk to talk, but you have to walk it, um, especially if you want to make a difference. So if that's going to take 30 extra minutes, an hour, two hours even, then we're going to do it to be more sustainable. We're going to do that. And that happens That happens on a daily basis where, you know, it's it's not easy sometimes, especially as a business owner where you have to meet a deadline and it's like well if i cut this corner here i'm being less sustainable i might not meet my deadline but if i don't cut the corner and then just you know say if you're late for a meeting or whatever that's what the deadline is and you know you're packaging up boxes and it's like all right just let me go grab some tape from walmart instead of going the extra mile then you can have that educational moment with at the meeting that you're late to <laughs> and say hey I was late because I care about the planet and I had to go get compostable tape or or whatever the scenario is. But I think it's being transparent with yourself and whoever you're working with and they'll understand and, and they'll ask questions and they'll want to join in because your passion, it just leaks through and, and, it, and your vibe really does attract your tribe. How do you maintain your physical and mental health while growing your company? Nutrition is key, 100%. Um, I'm very big on, I do intermittent fasting, which helps in the morning. I'm, I stay very hydrated. Uh, coconut water is huge. Um, I would say I'm probably 90% raw. So most of my food is, is the raw fruits and veggies. Um, I do some cooked as well at dinner. But the cleaner that I eat, it makes all the difference. Like I said, natural flavors earlier on. Natural flavors are something that you can find in so many different products. And there could be up to 100 undisclosed ingredients in one chocolate flavor. So 100 undisclosed ingredients by the FDA, undisclosed, that make up that one chocolate flavor that makes the chocolate flavor inside your favorite candy bar, protein bar, whatever it is. So. Even that kind of stuff I avoid. Um, sugar alcohols, I avoid it. Anything that is basically derived from a lab or doesn't seem like it's real, um, it's kind of gray area, I just stay away from. Whole foods, plant-based, um, and then, you know, I'll, have, I'll usually have a protein shake during the day or whatever it is. And um, to be honest, like, the more serious that I become about my health, like, yeah, my family thinks I'm a health nut, you know, I'm that guy now, <laughs> but it's real. And 
you're able to stay so mentally intact. Zero waste as well. I'm, I'm, I have way less stress on my shoulders because I don't have so much junk to keep track of. You know, I don't have a storage unit full of, of stuff that I couldn't tell you what it is or like memorabilia or just memories. Like all that, all that stuff has sentimental value, but you still have the memory, you still have the picture. How often do you even check out that stuff? You know, most people clean out their storage unit when they're moving house. Um, I don't have to worry about that. Minimalist living, zero waste, um, high raw vegan to me has been my foundation for success. I've been able to sleep less if I need to and wake up with more energy. Um, I'm very intuitive with my body. So if I, if I feel like I'm craving, if I feel like I'm dehydrated, I instantly know that I need to drink water before that dehydration even sets. So once you become more in tune with your body, your mental becomes more clear. And then you could, you could, you could even lead more positively. You can lead in different directions. Um, you start to learn more things from other people rather than shutting it out. So I would say a mixture of quality nutrition and zero waste, just less stuff. <laughs> like it's really helped me a lot. Now to switch gears a bit, I want to talk about your personal journey into veganism. And you mentioned that you went vegan overnight after watching Cowspiracy. Mm. Um, but what my audience doesn't know about you is that you were in the Marines yes. prior to starting your own business. And um, so anybody who, who has any experience with the Navy, uh, or not with the Navy, with the Marines, I say Navy because I was in the Navy, um, we know that there tends to be a, a pretty... Um, a stereotype around the Marines and, and the type of person who becomes a Marine. So tell me about how you went from being that person to who you are today and, and how your journey has changed. Wow. I was, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about my life as a Marine and how much different it is than it is, than what it is today. And probably same for you. I mean, yeah. Just a whole different world. I wasn't I wasn't even close to being vegan while I was in the Marines. Again, I'm from Flint, Michigan. I grew up in the Midwest. I was a meat and potatoes guy. You know, like everything, every meal that I had was like I used to eat. I was talking about this the other day. You know the, the sausage, um, <laughs> they're like sausage on a stick that are wrapped in like a, a pancake, right? Corn and you dog? pop it in the in, – yeah. Yeah, you pop it in the microwave and, and boom, a minute later you have you have lunch. Like I can't believe that I used to survive off that stuff. So <laughs> it's a whole different world, but I'm so grateful that I went through it. And without the Marine Corps, I don't think I would be where I am today. There's so many different lessons that I learned along the way. Um, so many different leadership traits that came out of being in the Marines and and understanding like different small unit leadership roles, um, chain of command and reporting and the discipline factor, that all definitely helps so much. But to see, you know, to see myself come from Flint to the Marine Corps to now 
the more compassion oozing out of my body than ever before is truly incredible. And that's all too literally because of plants. And um, imagine, imagine being in the military and eating a whole foods plant-based diet. There's absolutely no way you can make it work. At least not when you're, you know, living in the barracks, eating at the chow hall, maybe when you have BS, but. Yeah. It wouldn't be healthy. Even if you did like, you would be eating rice and, and like salad every day or yeah. something, you know, there's, yeah, you really wouldn't be able, it would be very difficult, but it wouldn't be optimal. You just wouldn't be getting the nutrients properly, you know, and it's all, it's all like GMO and, and stuff like that anyway. But yeah, just imagine that. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on toxic masculinity and how it relates to feeling the need to eat meat to be a manly man? Oh, that's, so that's definitely just a stigma. Um, you don't need it. You don't need it. I feel better physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, since I cut out animal products. I know a lot of- Where do you think that stigma comes from? You know, I think it's, it's something from long before our, the, you know, what we can even explain. It must have started way beyond when, um, you know, think about it, like back in- cavemen days there was cavemen that were big bruisers they were the men they were go they were the hunters you know and the women kind of stayed home and took care of the kids and cleaned up and did the laundry or whatever it is that's kind of how it's been forever um but it's so backwards don't you think like yeah i we don't I, need to you know what i mean we don't I don't need to be, I don't need to show my masculinity because I can go hunt and kill an animal. That's backwards to me. If I can protect an animal and be that savior, that's probably the most masculine thing I could ever do. Um, so it's, it's definitely backwards. But um, the more, it's cool because there's so many different leaders in this movement. Um, and a lot of them are, are my friends. So John Lewis, Badass Vegan, he's one of the first ones that I found, I discovered on Instagram um, when I went vegan because I was looking for, and like you said, there's not a, a lot of men in this movement. I, was, I had that problem initially. I was looking for more men. <laughs> I'm like, wait, if I'm going to be vegan, that's great. You know, I'm all for it, but I got to find some homies. I got to find some friends. And uh, it was cool you know, to see somebody that's, you know, six, seven, 225 pounds or whatever he is, all lean mass, huge guy, ripped for vegan for 10 plus years. I'm like, all right, this is very possible. You know, I just knew that this wasn't just a, a stigma. This wasn't just a fad that I was getting into. This is real. It, it's definitely possible to be vegan and, and masculine. Um, the toxic masculinity, it's definitely a problem. And ever since I did move out of my home city, I can see a lot of me reflecting and, and realizing like I was so toxic back then. And I'm far from perfect now, but then I just realized like I made so many mis excuses for the way I acted rather than confronting myself and fixing it. And I think that's toxic masculinity in itself is when 
When you're making excuses and justifications for your actions rather than addressing them and looking in the mirror, you're not masculine at that point. You know what I mean? You're running from things. So to me, it's it's being that savior and, and facing things head on and finding solutions is what is what defines us as as male or female. You know, I heard this this really interesting theory that I absolutely loved about hunters and gatherers, and it was that um, the reason why men were the ones who who went off into these you know these dangerous. Um, jobs, so to speak, to go hunt animals and they were gone for days or weeks, however long at a time. Um, and the women stayed behind is because the women's lives were considered more valuable than the men's. The men were considered mm-hmm. disposable. They could be put into these positions of risk, but the women, they were the bearer of lives. And so they wanted to make sure that they stayed safe and that no harm came to them. And that's why these roles of, you know, the men being the hunters going off and the women staying home and being the gatherers began to exist. And I was like, yeah, women's lives are important. And I, I like this theory. I like it. Yeah, you're like, I'm a fan of this theory for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, I agree 100%. When people ask, how do you debunk the myth that vegans don't get enough protein? Well, I, first I'll say, look, I'm alive. I'm leaner than ever before. Um, I haven't lost any weight. Initially, I lost weight. And this is simply because I didn't know what I was doing. And I was literally eating beans and rice every day. (laughs) Like I had the same meal every day. It was like oatmeal in the morning and then beans and rice for lunch and dinner. Because I was so stubborn, I knew I wanted to be a vegan, but I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just had no idea. And um, after after a couple months, I started figuring out what it took to diversify my palate a little bit more buy more fruits and veggies, uh, more leafy greens. You know, I need more quinoa and beans or whatever it is. I had to, I had to really figure it out. Once I did that, it was so easy to keep, like I was in the gym three to four times a week and it was so easy to, to maintain that mass, but then at the same time recover, like recovery was so much faster. Um, it's all the inflammation of course, but I see guys like Nimai Delgado, who's never eaten meat in his whole entire life, and he's ripped out of his mind. And I see Tori Washington, a good buddy of mine here in South Florida. He, um, he the guy is jacked, right? And he's and he's, I think he's been vegan for like fifteen years. So you definitely can get your protein. There's so many complete proteins in plants that we don't really really think about. Like peas are a complete protein. So that's a that's a, a good quality protein source coming from plants. And even if it's not complete, like, you know, you get something that maybe doesn't have the, the essential amino acids to make it a complete protein, then you just you just mix foods and then you you mix it together to make a complete source. You know, quinoa is awesome. It's a big staple for me. Um, there's so many different foods that we can eat that doesn't have to be the mock meat replacements. It doesn't have to be tofu if we don't want it to. Um, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things, but I know there's a big stigma on tofu and there's a big stigma on like the mock meats, you know? So put those aside and we still have plenty of options 
to maintain our mass. Yeah. What are some of your favorite sources of plant-based proteins besides peas? You know, quinoa is is hands down like for in terms of cooked food, quinoa is my number one. Um, I just love a good quinoa bowl, like a power bowl. Quinoa, black beans, pinto beans, um, a salad in there. You know, tomatoes and and carrots and just all the toppings with like tahini. That's that kind of that kind of bowl is it is a power bowl for a reason. <laughs> um, it's funny, like. If you look at my protein company, there's 24 grams of protein per serving in the powder, in the Chocolate Magic protein powder. 24 grams. And that's because we use uh, organic pea protein. Chia seeds are a huge one for me. And we use uh, fermented quinoa sprout. Those three combined make a complete protein and they produce 24 servings or 24 grams, I'm sorry per serving. That's huge. That's a lot of protein. And you only need about 20 grams per meal anyway, you know, at the most. So really it's not hard to get, to reach that goal. I know, um, a good, another good friend of mine, his name is conscious muscle, uh, Jordan David on Instagram. He is massive. This guy's a boulder and he just eats, he probably gets 200 grams of protein per day. No problem. Like, it's easy for them. Lentils and flax seeds and hemp seeds and, you know, bean, the beans and the rice. Um, pumpkin seeds are a really good one. Broccoli is full of protein. So you just got to get creative and you can find a complete protein meal every single day. No problem. And how do you get your iron and your B12? So iron, I, I usually get just from... um Iron's mostly coming from like my nuts and seeds. I do get some, there is some in my supplements in the, in planet protein. So that is supplemented a little bit, but I don't really track macros. I don't track calories. I don't track anything. Um, B12 before I, before I created the chocolate magic protein powder, I was kind of going back and forth with B12. Um, because I couldn't find one that was zero waste, first of all. And um, second, I didn't know like if I really needed it or not. It was kind of up in the air. Now I don't play. Like I know I need B12. I know we all do. There's this huge stigma, as you know, that like vegans are lacking B12. But so are media. In reality, the whole yeah, exactly. The whole world is. You know, it's like the soil's been depleted. We're all lacking B12 a little bit here. Um, I do like to get it from fermented foods like kombucha or, um, you know, kimchi or something like that. Um, but we do have a full serving of B12 as well in the chocolate magic protein powder. So you're getting 24 grams of protein. You're getting some iron as well in there and you're getting a full serving of B12. So it's, it's a win-win in my opinion. And I need to try it for sure. I just, I stocked up on a few things of vegan uh, protein powder during a clearance sale that I'm still working my way through. <laughs> but as soon as I'm done, I'm going to try it. Definitely. It's, it's there. Yeah, it's there. Actually, it's not there for you. We just sold out yesterday. Oh. But um, we'll have some more. It's coming back in May. So bear with oh, us. Well, that'll be perfect timing for me. It, exactly. The demand has been uh, overwhelming. Um, there's a lot of people who are 
as you know, turned on to the zero waste and it's good for business. Like, but again, we need to keep it going. You know, I'm with you on the whole maintain education, keep it going. So it's good. It's good to see. This episode is coming out in July. So give me, give us a sneak peek. What's coming up for Planet Protein? Is there anything that's already going to be out by July or anything that you're going to be releasing right around that time? The only thing I can say, so I literally just started working on a new project. Um, We're not going to be releasing anything around July. Uh, Maybe, maybe there might be a surprise in there. But um, the project that I'm working on is, is a little bit it's a, it's a pretty large project and I would say it's going to take at least a year. Um, but the only thing I could say about this is that we're doing away with the traditional view on prescription, like the RX RX is done. Like I'm, that's a new passion of mine is getting people off pills. And I think they're so harmful, not just for us, because they are very toxic and we see it everywhere. I mean, you see how many overdoses there are in America. It's scary. Um, but what my biggest thing is that because RX has been around forever, the term RX at least. You go back to the Egyptians um, hundreds of years ago. They were using symbols that meant RX. Like that's always been... But that doesn't mean that they were going to the doctor and getting a pill, right? There was no such thing. They would just go get herbs or they would get you know, different plants that created that RX, that prescription. I want to do away with how people view RX. Because right now it's got, it's got that pharmaceutical stigma. Um, it's like a, I would say most people now at least know they're not good for you. Even if you're in a situation where like the doctors, hey, you have to take this medicine. You have to take this. People still don't want to take it. They understand that that's scary. It's a pill. It might not be good for me. The project that we're working on, again, all I can say is that we're replacing the traditional RX prescription system and we're using plants only. So shout out to my boy, uh, Frank Hikes, he runs Alpen Organics. It's a CBD company out in San Diego. And he, uh, he, he has a shirt that he sent me, and it says plants over pills. And that was a huge inspiration for, for this project. So thanks. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> now, is that going to be under the Planet Protein umbrella, or is that a whole different company? So it's going to be under the umbrella. It's going to be a brand within Planet Protein. It's going to be this whole new launch. Um, and it's going to be its own thing, but it's still going to be owned by Planet Protein. Interesting. Well, I can't wait to. And I cannot. I can't state the. Yeah. I can't state the name yet either because. So got a trademark and all that. Nailing yeah. that down and. Yeah, yeah. No, the moment I say it, you're going to like go steal it. You know. Oh, how dare you think <laughs> that of me? Come on. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, that is. Very interesting. So I can't wait to learn more about it, but I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. So Brendan, thank you so much for, I'm glad we finally got to sit down and do this and for taking the time. I know it's been, it's been fun. No, thank you for, thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening. And I got to know a little bit more about you. I'm sure we're going to meet sometime in the future. We're going to cross paths. It's it's the way of the universe. So I'm excited to finally meet you. And give Carly my love as well, of course. 
And that's a wrap. I'll be back next week with permaculture expert Nikki Schotter as she shares how she grows 300 pounds of food a year in her 100-square-foot backyard in Washington, D.C. to feed her family of eight. If you find value in the Hippie Haven podcast, please share it with someone you know who'd be interested. You can leave a review on iTunes or whichever podcast app you're using. And also consider buying me a virtual cup of coffee to keep me going. Each podcast episode takes around six hours to create, and episodes cost about $50 each out of my own pocket. These costs include file hosting, editing, transcription for people who need or prefer visual content, and my own time of researching, drafting, recording, proofing, and promoting. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash Callie, that's C-A-L-L-E-E, to support the work I'm doing with a $4 cup of coffee. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart for spending this time with me, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.